Okay, this is my brother Hunter. This is Nick. We're going to tell some car stories today because uh, I'm lucky to have Hunter uh, come over and grace our house with his uh, presence. Um, nod your head again. Okay. Well, I think it, I wanted to make sure it wasn't rubbing on your oh, I'm picking up the... neck giblet. <laughs> um, no, you're good. And I come to my brother's house because I don't have one. That's so, fair. well, you live in the basement. I work in the basement. <laughs> and uh, our wives run a tight ship. So, <laughs> got that going. Plus, you've got a baby. True. You've got a tiny baby. Yeah. That's a good time. Cute, tiny baby. She is pretty cute. Little yeah. Sunny. Little Sunny. Sunny D. Love Sunny D. <laughs> um, what, did you, what car do you drive here today? I haven't seen it. Uh, 2006 E60 M5. Slightly terrifying all the way here. But I've been driving it all day, so it's been great. You've been driving it a ton. You actually drive it. It's your, it's yeah. your daily. I bought it like, I don't know, what has it been? Like three months, four months? Yeah. yeah something like that. About right. Yeah, and I think I've put, I put like 3,500 miles on it. What, uh, what's the impression been? Four month ownership. <clears throat> when I first bought it, I was like, didn't understand what people were saying about the transmission because it's an SMG. Right. And I was like, this is part of the experience. This right. is awesome. And then the more I drive it, I'm like, <laughs> I see what people are saying. I still think it's part of the experience of the car, but I would much prefer a manual for double or triple the price of an SMG. Triple the price. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is it more reliable? Is a manual more reliable? Or is it... Yeah. But getting the rid SMG of the... SMG is kind of sketchy. Yeah. Getting rid of the SMG gets rid of like... 75%, maybe 80% of the problems that people complain about with those. Does the does it just bolt right in? Or do you have to get a conversion kit? No. It's, yeah. I think it's just like straight across. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So you drove the M5. Drove the M5. Uh, what car is currently sitting at home waiting to be driven? Because you neglect it and never drive it. <laughs> I washed it before I parked it this time. Nice. Uh, 1997 E36 M3. Two M cars. Brand new baby. Yep. Two M cars, brand new baby. And uh, an SQ5. Yeah, an SQ5. Lots of crazy decisions being made. Yep, including yeah. the one to live at my mom's house and have all those cars. <laughs> <laughs> at the junior doll household. Yeah. The thing is, it doesn't matter because nobody can afford houses anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's why we're in the basement, but that's beside the point. Well, so I then could... I was like, well, I'll just buy some cars then. Yeah, I mean, you got to spend your money on something, and if it's not going to be a million-dollar, 1,800-square-foot bungalow, <laughs> it may as well be something equally as terrifying. Right. Two M cars. Well, that's yeah. Good. I love. I uh, So the E60 has always been funny to me because it's the you know the beginning of the Bangle era, Chris Bangle era at BMW. Yeah. And it was such a huge shift, the design shift. And uh, I didn't really love them until... I saw your M5 up close and in person. Now I kind of get it. Yeah. It's so simple. It's big slab sides. And I guess with I, with everything that I feel like is so over-designed nowadays, like the E60 has come into its own a little bit for me. It's like clean and simple. Mm-hmm. It's purposeful. Yeah. It was, I've, always, I've always been drawn to the E60. I don't know why. Before I was even a BMW guy, yeah. like, BM, like being a BMW guy for a long time for me was like, no, I'm not ever going to be a BMW guy. And now if that was like the Top Gear stigma thing, like... That's not stigma, it's true. <laughs> where 
Jeremy says that golfists drive BMWs. That is true. But and Cox. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's uh, I love your M3. Your M3 is kind of more my speed because yeah, I uh, I'm not a big go fast guy. I'm right. kind of a kitschy slow car fast slow instead car of fast, fast car guy. slow. Yeah, and luckily I drive exclusively slow car. <laughs> um, but yeah, your your E36 M3 is pretty. It's pretty fun. Yeah, the E36 M3 has actually been like I've had that for three and a half years and it's like yeah. super reliable. I've replaced things just because it's old. It's 97. Yeah. But it's been so reliable. Like I've had zero problems with that car. It's just, it's the old, I think uh, the reason I like the old stuff is the simplicity. I, I don't love all of the modern gadgets and technology stuff that's integrated now. Um, I feel like cars are way too powerful and fragile. Oh yeah. So I love the old like my so the car I just bought is the mommest car I've ever owned, <laughs> and I I love it. Yeah, the 2002 ML 500, so the big big uh, V8 with a little bit of horsepower. Right, but it's so cool, and uh, it's got like all the features of that uh, the early 2000s S classes. Right, but without all the tech, but without all nightmare. The tech. So it's I know it's just great. It feels good. It feels solid. It feels like it'll go until the end of time. Um, but I won't know that because I switch cars every six months because I get bored. Uh, so we'll we'll see. But um, what was your last Mercedes? A C280. C280 Sport. Yeah. C280 Sport. That car really brought me around to Mercedes. It, it did me too. I'd never owned a Mercedes before. Yeah. And for whatever reason, um, I was selling one of my. Well, I've owned like five Audi wagons now, and I was <laughs> wanted to get out of my Audi wagon. Um, so I bought that old C280. It had 235,000 miles on it when I bought it. Right. was tight as a drum. I know. You I think it was... The cup holders work. It has the most complex cup holders you've ever seen. Yeah. No computer. Nothing. Fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. And so from that point on, I, I sold that because it was a little bit too small for the kids. Giant car seats. Um, so I sold that. And I think I bought, yeah, another Audi wagon. After that, <laughs> who, um, would I, who would have thought? That's like the middle car. It's like I'm gonna buy something. Yeah. Then I'm gonna buy an Audi wagon for like yeah. an interim, and right. then I'm gonna buy an, something else. Yeah. The Audi wagon is like a home base. Every other car. That's true. It was Volvo's before that, but now it's the Audi wagon. But I yeah. love. I love wagons. There's no. Yeah. Every car is better in a wagon form. Yeah. Except for the second generation Toyota Camry. <laughs> Genuinely, the most ugly car ever made. Was the second generation Toyota Camry wagon? Possibly. I can't think. I'm getting a little bit nauseous thinking about it. Speaking of like wagons, kind of wagony and ugly. What do you think of like the clown shoe? Uh, okay. The the M3 Z3 uh, the Z3M Z3M coupe coupe coupe. A coupe is where you keep your chickens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coincidentally, why do chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four doors, it'd be a sedan. <laughs> Love it. That's um, pretty good. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've always loved it because it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, so probably my favorite car of all time is the Volvo P1800. Oh, yeah. Late 70s. Yeah. Uh, shooting brake. And the, I feel like the M, uh, the, the M Coupe kind of has that same, Coupe has that same feel. Um, but I feel like it's the most popular 
car guy kitsch car of all time. Yeah. A lot of people, like, I've seen, like, three or four of them for sale lately, and they're all supercharged. Really? Yeah. They're all supercharged, which, I don't know. I see a fair amount of supercharged E36 M3s, too, and same motor. Right. But, I don't know. I really like it. I love the the stance. It has kind of that mean uh, stance. It's a little bit wider. Yeah. I actually think the Z3 has aged really well. I do, too. I do too. I uh, Winslow and I saw a Z3. It wasn't an M, but it was just a Z3 coupe up in Park City, mm. and it was like packed full of stuff. The hatch, like even the passenger seat. When we pulled up alongside it, and it was like some old lady driving it, and she was like hauling all of this stuff from like Home Depot or Lowe's. It was her husband's stuff. She killed him. Yeah, she bought that car without her permission. And then a few, like. Maybe two weeks later, we saw it, and it was just parked yeah. in Midway at, like, some old house. You could tell that they've been living in for years, Forever. and she probably bought the car new. That's Like, so, that's, like, the one you want to buy. So cool. Yeah. It was a little beat up, but because she drove it. it did, I, so I'm not a big uh, trailer princess fan <laughs> either. Right. Um, even though that's how I treat my cars, <laughs> I think they should be driven. I, I don't know. That That's, uh, that's me. But... I love uh, the Z3. It's coming into its own. Some of the older BMW stuff that I didn't love at first is kind of starting to hit me the right way. Actually, when I before I bought this Mercedes, I drove uh, an E38 7 Series. Oh, yeah, that's a cool car. The James Bond. I wasn't cool enough to drive it. <laughs> I genuinely didn't feel cool enough to drive it. Um, so I bought my, my big silver SUV. Yeah. I feel like that's what, like, kind of when BMW was at their, There's at their peak. Yeah, yeah. like late 90s early 2000s oh, so good yeah just so everything good. they were making was yeah we were the yeah the e38 the e39 m5 all yeah, of those right just e46 m3 like yeah they were making yeah. all the good stuff they really were and then chris bangle came in <laughs> piece of sidewalk chalk yeah right and but, now we get to where they are now yeah and that's like where you're talking about the tech stuff that E60 M5 is like the very beginning of the how much tech can we throw in this car. Yeah. And tech from that era aged so poorly. The iDrive system in that car is like, yeah, it is. It's pretty atrocious. Uh, but, that, so that's the thing. The reason I don't like tech, not just because it breaks, but because in and I'm no environmentalist at my right. any stretch. <laughs> um, I love my carbon footprint. But to go and think about a Tesla in 15 years, think about Tesla in 15 years. Yeah. So they're going to be able to recycle the batteries, and I, I get that. But everything is built on the most current, up-to-date technology. Right. Which... From, from, from right now, which is, you know, in 15 years will be, if we're not all dead, uh, <laughs> then it will just be completely outdated. And what do you do? You can't update those systems. You wouldn't buy a 15-year-old laptop today. So what are they going to do with it? Yeah, I I have no idea. Because it's not like a... Like my E36 M3. Like, it has some interesting technology in it from the late 90s. But to me, now that's like... It's like cool old technology. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe it had this. Yeah. And people want that, like... It's, like, it's a classic car. Right. I mean, you get the driving experience and everything. Well, and if the technology breaks on it, it doesn't disable the car. The car still works just fine. Right. And, like, 
in 20 years, nobody's going to be driving around. Check out my classic Tesla. Well, it's, it's like, like uh, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he was talking about his wife's, his wife just bought a, a Model S, the Plaid, like crazy, ridiculous speed. Yeah. And I was, you know, he was kind of giving her, or telling me that he was giving her a little bit of a hard time about it. And I agreed, but I said, why did you give her a, you know, she wanted that car obviously because it's super fast and comfortable and she really loved it. Right. Um, and he's like, no, she wanted it because of what it is. She didn't aspire to have it. Yeah. Nobody, and that made me think, nobody has a Tesla poster on their wall. You don't, when you're a kid, yeah. you don't lust after a Tesla. It's like a, it's like a microwave filet mignon. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a great way to describe it, actually. It's so like you, the best cut of meat you can find, but... It just doesn't ruined. do it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It's an A to B, which is fine. Yeah. I have plenty of clients that have electric cars for yeah. A to Bs, but... What do you, so what do you do? What's your... Um, I know what you do. Right. I... Uh, with my brother-in-law Winslow, we have like I have a hard time describing it, but we basically, like in a simple way at least, but we basically just take care of cars for people who have a lot of them. An automotive concierge. Yeah, an automotive concierge. That's a, that's a I'll write that down. Charging you my consultant. <laughs> right. You can buy another Alpina watch. I ran. <laughs> I ran up. That was an hour. Right. But yeah, so we just. I, I get a chance to be around some cool stuff, and that's, I don't know, it's interesting. I still like old stuff, even after being around yeah. all the newest Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and I love them. I do. They're awesome. Sure. Amazing tech, blindingly fast. Shouldn't be able to do what they do. Right. Yeah, and maybe shouldn't be able to be purchased by some of the people that purchase them. Yeah, that's the thing. In Australia, did you... They They're have graduated licensing. Yeah. If you have a certain amount of horsepower now, you have to have a, a special license. Yeah, that's that's genius. Yeah. But I kind of feel, I almost feel like that with my M5. My M3 is like 240 horsepower when yeah. it was new. Right. Um, so now was, it's about 190. Right. 1.9. <laughs> um, but the M5 was like 510 when yeah. it was new. 51 horsepower is, per cylinder. Right. That is like... That's a lot of car. The problem with that, like you were talking about earlier, I know we're kind of jumping around, but that's what I wanted to do anyway. So, <laughs> um, the E36 M3, like I can pretty much use all of that whenever I want. Like I can just be cruising around. Yeah. I can put my foot on the floor. Yeah. Like in the M5, before you're, I mean, it's really you're in the power at like six thousand RPM. From six thousand to eighty-two fifty is like. Yeah the highest part of the power band. Yeah. And you're doing prisonable offenses <laughs> in second gear at 8,000 RPM. Yep. You're drawing a lot of attention. So it's a fun, fun car. Yep. And it's more comfortable than the E36. Right. It's got, it's got more space. adjustable suspension. and sure. So it's, it's like great in that sense. But as far as the actual driving experience, the E36 is better. Yeah. And even if you can get the like, if you clip 8,000 RPM in the M5, your heart is about the same revolutions per minute. So, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear uh, Lola yelling from the other room. I can. Mom, help me. Help me. Yeah. 
hopefully it's not too serious. Ah, I think she's fine. Okay. Um, that's kind of how I felt. So uh, the last really crazy uh, car that I was in was an SF90. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, probably my favorite modern Ferrari. I love it so much. Um, underrated, I think, especially when so they came underrated. out. So Nobody underrated. wanted them. Well, you had... Uh, yeah, I, I, it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's the most beautiful lines and shape yeah, so of nice. a Ferrari in a long time. But in so we went out for a ride in it, and we were going pretty quickly. Um, I won't say how quickly because I was going too fast. I couldn't read the speedometer. Um, it was too scary. But it was in fourth gear. You were going so fast. You couldn't do anything after that. No, it's yeah. But it was so cool. It's so, it's it so, so cool. Fun. It was so fun. Just how easy it is. Like I just rode in a new nine nine two generation Turbo S yesterday, and the ease at getting to those speeds like is is there? Do you need another car? I know Takier probably talked a lot about this, but do you? If you have uh, Turbo S nine nine two, or even like a nine nine one. Mm-hmm. Do you need another car? It's a supercar. You can drive every day. It's right. comfortable. That is fairly durable for what it is. Absolutely. I, I think people always say like or the Turbo S isn't a supercar. But then every YouTube video you see with Car Wow and all this stuff—it's the benchmark. Everything they race is it faster than a Turbo S? <laughs> yeah. And no, it's not. So I don't know. Sure, it doesn't have the a 720s, uh, the looks of a 720s or yeah something like that. But it's like, but you can also drive it, right? Favorite a 720s. It's your favorite car out of the year or three months out of the year. Yeah, when it's not in the shop, the other nine months out of the year. Right. Yeah, I have driven multiple 720s's, and they're super cool. Like, if I had a car, a collection of cars with stuff like that. 720s would absolutely be in there, mm. but I I drove like just the other day I drove a 991. It was a 2014, so before the refresh of the 991. 1.1. Yeah, Turbo S, and I thought to myself like this is all the car you could ever you could ever need. Yeah, and the 992 is like substantially faster than the 991. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. When the 992 came out and people were telling me that it was faster, I was like, marginally. Yeah. The 992 is the first car I've ever driven that scared me. It, like, slightly scared me when I put my foot down. Yeah. Just because I didn't expect it. Yeah. Like, with a 720S or something, you're like... You know. You know. You know what's coming. But there's... Uh, yeah, I don't think there's much that can prepare you for... Except for a Model S Plaid that could prepare you. <laughs> Which is painfully fast. It really is, Yeah. And they're, like, the tech is amazing, and they're so fast, but like we said earlier, it's just not going to age well, and it's just like a, it's like a gimmick, almost. It's like... I feel like that's how, I talked about this first podcast I ever did. Yeah. I feel like that's how so many cars are becoming now. Right. Every supercar now has, and especially the electric ones, they have yeah. a thousand horsepower. Right. Zero to 60, two seconds or so. Yeah. Um, they all are kind of starting to look the same way. Because they have to right. be able to do what they what they do. It's all blending together, and that is turning me even harder towards the old random 
stuff. Yeah, I I agree. It's like with the with the electric stuff, it's like cool to take your friends out and do zero to sixty launches, but yeah. like I don't have enough friends to make that fun for longer. I get That's them all done point. in a day, two rides, and then I'm like, oh, now my neck just hurts. Yeah, and that's the first time I ever drove a Taycan Turbo S. When I launched it, I put my head on the back of the seat, but then I was just cruising down the road. Like five minutes later, I was like, "I'm gonna put my foot down." Didn't put my head on the back of the seat. Whiplash. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you like sleep on your neck weird. It was like that, but instantaneous. Porsche syndrome. Yeah, Speaking. just nobody does it like like Porsche. They just really don't. They don't. All right, so I have owned one Porsche in my life, and it was borderline even a Porsche, but it's the, oh, it it's was the so perfect, glorious it's though. the perfect segue into what i want to talk about so i wanted to tell you the story about buying my is the very first car i ever bought myself yeah porsche 914 it's interesting because you bought this car when we lived in the same house yeah that you're currently living that i i currently live there now oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that's the only thing that makes me want to vomit more than uh. Zero to sixty in a Tesla. Yes, that's right. Um, but I mean, how long has it been since you bought that car? So it was. I bought it when I was 20, 20 19? Yeah, I, I thought 19. you were like eighteen. I was, or 19. I was eighteen or nineteen or twenty. It, the older I get, the more blurry everything behind me gets. And I have literally, it's been that long. I've never heard this story. Okay. Okay. I've so driven yeah, the car. I oh, I loved that car. Fifteen, fifteen years, a little over fifteen years. Yeah. So, I. Uh, when I was young, my very first car ever. Do you remember what it was? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, what year was that? It was a Camry, the gold Camry '96. '96. Bought it from. Was that Wilma's car? No, or was it, it was the Ruffner's car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Next door neighbor. So again, right. in my quest to own every high mileage vehicle ever created, <laughs> uh, that was a good car though. It was, was a, a car. solid car. It was a five speed. Yeah. Gold on gold on gold on gold. <laughs> right. To the Camry, uh, tinted windows. So it was it was great. Um, but it had 250,000 miles on it when I bought it. And when I sold it three years later, I had 253,000 miles on it. Anyway, so I, uh, my mom and dad, parents bought it. And I was, as I was getting older, getting ready to go to college, uh, I didn't have any credit. I had no, no credit score. Right. Uh, and I, I wish knew, I didn't have credit right now. Yes, I barely do. <laughs> um, so I knew that I needed something to be able to get a credit card to afford kind of becoming an adult and the way that i had heard that you earn credit or gain credit increase your credit score get a car loan uh so i was like oh yeah totally that kills two birds with one stone higher credit better car <laughs> this is going to be sweet so uh you know being impetuous like i am um i went on the internet th that night and uh I mean, this was eBay 15 years ago. So I was just cruising through eBay and I had always, uh, we have an uncle who had uh, a couple of Porsches. He had a 996. Yeah. Just a Carrera. I, I still love it. Oh, yeah. Still love it. Um, he did spin the IMS bearing in that yeah. recently. Yeah. But anyways, who continue. Who that that was an issue in the 996? Right, nobody. Um, so he had that. He had a buddy that had a 930 Turbo um, oh, that I gosh. had gotten to drive just a little bit. When they were in San Francisco, um, and you drove was, that 930 yeah, Turbo, yeah, the blue one. Oh, and it was gosh. just fantastic. Um, yeah. and I didn't have a wife, so it couldn't have been a widowmaker. <laughs> but I had always wanted a Porsche after that. So cruising through eBay, I saw a 914. 
Um, and I'd always loved the shape of the 914. I literally knew zero about it, other than what it looked like and the model yeah. that it was. Um, so I saw one that was beautiful. It was white. Um, it had, it was a, a 76, so it had the big black rubber American bumpers, which I actually kind of liked. I felt like it was, it fit well with the shape. Um, and it was just beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, it seems like the things that everybody like complained about when those cars came out, like the big bumpers and everything, are things yeah. that people kind of like, not necessarily gravitate towards yeah. now, but it's like, they don't feel the same way about it. It's like, yeah, I actually... Yeah, it's like the SMG transmission that impacts. I get it's part of the, part, part of the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there are other parts of the experience of owning an old air-cooled Porsche product too. Um, <laughs> so, and I see it. Uh, I see this 914, and I it just got stuck in my head. Um, and l- lucky enough, there were there was only one bid on it, and it only had like eight hours left in the in the bidding process. So I was like, oh, it was like six grand. And I thought six grand for a Porsche? Yes. Right. So I bid six thousand fifty dollars or something like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I'm home alone, right? And uh, I kind of am watching it. I go out. I had to play a little bit of tennis that day. Came back. There was like forty five minutes left, and I still had the highest bid. And uh, reality started to sink in just a little bit, right? So I'm clicking through the pictures. Yeah. Again, I'm like, oh yeah, oh no, this is cool. This is cool. This right. is gonna be great. This you might accidentally great. win this car. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be great. I'm gonna get a steal for this Porsche. So uh yeah, 30 minutes later or whatever, yeah, sure enough, winning bid, six thousand fifty bucks. <laughs> so crazy. And the thing, the message that comes up on the screen, uh, please click here to complete your payment. And I thought, oh <laughs> wait, I have to go, I have to get a loan. I have to get a car loan. I'll just head down to the bank tomorrow yeah. and grab one. Because that's what you do. Right. <laughs> Um, so I go to the bank the next. You bid on a car well, no. without the <laughs> yeah, without the funds. To do it. Without the funds. And you had forty eight hours to be able to pay for it or something like that. I'm going on bring a trailer right after we. <laughs> There's a couple of uh, cool old Jaguar nights that you should like. Oh yeah. Um. So we. So that night, I'm pretty excited and nervous, and uh, Dad got home. I was like, Dad, guess what I did? <laughs> and uh, I, I I bought a Porsche, and he kind of laughed, and I was like, No, I did on eBay. And he's like, what is eBay? <laughs> so, so I explained it to him. And, uh, you know, as, as supportive as dad is, he was like, what did you, what did you do? Right. Well, how are you going to pay for it? And I told him, well, how are you going to get a car loan? Well, I have, I have a bank account. I'll just go to the bank. That's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. Right. Um, They'll loan you money on a 1976. Yeah. 40-year-old yeah, uh, at that point uh, Porsche. So the other funny thing not only did I not have funds for it, it was in uh, a place called Friday Harbor in Washington, in the San Juan Islands, so northwest of Seattle. And <laughs> we're in Salt Lake City. Right. Um, it's about eight, 900 miles away. So I didn't think, oh, yeah, no, I, A, I don't have the money for it. B, it's 1,000 miles away. How am I going to get it home? Uh, so luckily, Dad got on uh, the Internet and started messaging uh, this guy, and the guy was super cool. The guy who sold it was super cool. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Totally understand. I can drive it to Seattle because it was going to be like $2,700 to ship it from his house because it has to go on boats right. to get to the mainland. Yeah. Uh, so luckily, the guy drove it to Seattle and I ended up having uh, a guy that uh, that we knew who owned a shipping company shipped it down for like 600 bucks. Oh, sweet. But in the meantime, 
I had to go get funding for this. So the next day I went to the bank and they said, yeah, no, that's not how it works. You can't just have a loan. You have to have like the title and you have to have all of these things. Uh, we can't loan on a car that's more than 10 years old. Um, so in the meantime, the eBay clock is ticking on me having to pay for this. And I don't know. Is it like prison time if you don't pay for it in time? I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know. Who knows? So uh, Grandma Karen, our sweet Grandma Karen. Oh, man. Uh, she, I, was, I talked to her about it. And she said, I'll, I'll come down to the bank with you and I'll co-sign on a signature loan for 6000 bucks or whatever you need. Um, so that day she came down. She left work, came down, co-signed on a loan. I uh, put a check in the mail. And got it paid for. Um, you didn't just Venmo him? Yeah. 15 years yeah, totally. ago? On my uh, Motorola Razor. Right. Um, so that was, it, luckily it worked out pretty well. And I owned that car for a long time. And I yeah. drove it a ton. Um, and I actually just sold it this last, uh, it's been about a year. To It needed some restoration work. Uh, I sold it to a guy in New Mexico who had been living overseas for a few years, wanted a project to work on with his kids with his sons yeah that's pretty cool so i thought that was pretty cool but if you're gonna sell it that was the way to go yeah somebody um, like that and yeah he was he was a super cool guy and uh I, I it was really sad to sell it but i'm glad it went somewhere good but that car buying story it still gives me butterflies in my stomach right i don't know how it worked out that way but it did yeah a little bit of butterflies from fear and a little bit from oh, no, excitement it was still. Terror. no it was all terror <laughs> Um, and the funny thing was, when it got when it was delivered, they delivered it to a uh, just a big parking lot, kind of by the house. Um, and the guy, the guy backing it off the trailer, um, was this kind of you know rough trucker guy. And I, I was it you or Sam that was with me taking. I think home? it was me because I actually remember seeing that come off the truck Back off the trailer. Yeah. So backed it off, and I didn't know it was a dogleg five speed transmission. So. Typically, in a five-speed, first gear is up and to the left. Right. This one, it's down and to the left. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I was familiar with the five-speed because my beautiful Camry was a five-speed. Yeah. So he backed it off the trailer, and I, uh, I was like, okay, uh, we're good to go. Um, so I put it into what I thought was first gear. <laughs> but it didn't. So I, I didn't put it all the way into reverse. So it was in third gear. So I stalled it three times. And the trucker was like, he had this really thick southern accent. He's like, boy, what are you doing? You got to rev it higher. That is a high-performance engine. <laughs> <laughs> all all uh, 94 horsepower right. of high-performance. Of your Volkswagen engine. Yep. Yeah. Hey, here's a Porsche. Uh, right, sorry. doesn't matter that Volkswagen <laughs> is stamped on every body panel. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I got it home in third gear, uh, and it was... You got uh, it home in third gear? Yeah, I got it home in You third did gear. rev it high. I that That thing was so hard. screaming. Oh, it was. Smelled like clutch and uh, raccoons that had been living in it for a decade. Right. But that car buying story encapsulates my terrible automotive decision-making process better than any better yeah. than any story ever. Ah, can you imagine, though, like what, what your car buying experience would be like if you had just, like, if you bought, like, if you went from that Camry and were like, oh, well... This Toyota's been good. Like, let's do another Camry or, and Yaris. another Camry yeah. and another Camry. I would become an accountant. Right. And uh, it would be bleak. My whole life would be in spreadsheets. And then you could mix it up with a Chevy Spark. Ooh. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a little bit too ritzy. Right. True. That name is too aggressive. Yeah. 
Maybe uh, a new Prius. Maybe. But no comment. That's yeah. That's where <laughs> I was, and so uh, I had that car for a long time, and then um, kind of moved on to other things. Started my addiction with Volvos, uh, not long after that, and uh, yeah. but I'll get back into another Porsche. Volvo runs strong in our family for some. Volvo that was my first car too. Yeah. The S seventy, the white one. Uh, I think it was a. The S was it? Was it an S? No, it was an S seventy. Yeah. Yeah. Blue interior. Blue cloth. Oh yeah. Galore. And it was a it was a '98, and it was the most base model you could possibly get, which right. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. It didn't even have speakers in the rear doors. Yeah. It had speaker covers, like right. it looked like right. it had speakers, but no speakers. But no. that car, the seat heaters, you could cook a meal on those. <laughs> they were so hot. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe that was maybe they were broken. No, they're and they Swedish. wouldn't stop right. No, they wouldn't stop Swedish. heating. It never gets above 42 degrees in Sweden. So yeah. Good seat heaters. Yeah, so when I moved to California for a couple of years, and then I came home, I was like so ready to get a different car. I'd had my phone with the Volvo. And you then... You put hubcaps on it right before that. Oh, yeah, I put black hubcaps on it. Because I lost two hubcaps on a trip to Vegas. <laughs> I saw one of them pass me on the interstate <laughs> after I hit one of those metal things they put over... Like the construction zones. Oh yeah, the plate. Yeah. Yeah. I hit one, hubcap came off, yeah. passed me. That's cool. And exploded on the center divider. That just saves weight. You're right. It's a super legera. Yeah. So I got endless torment from my friends for putting those black hubcaps on. No, it looked good. I thought so too. I don't know what people are talking about. The original hubcaps on that were sweet though. Yeah, they were. I don't even know what you call those, but hubcaps. um right. The design. Swedish. Swedish Kurgan Flugan. Kurgan, yeah. They sell them at IKEA. At IKEA in stacks. <laughs> um, but then I like got in that car. I so I sold it and they were coming to pick it up, but it needed an emissions. Yeah. I got in it. I went to I was like driving it and I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to sell this. This thing is awesome. And then I got on the freeway and I was like, Death trap. Come get it. Yep. <laughs> it was like over fifty miles an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then I bought like the most boring. Th- I didn't even buy. It. I leased it, which was a poor decision. Always a poor decision. Yeah, that was. I have pretty strong feelings about leasing automobiles. Yeah. There's there's areas where it makes sense. Yeah, but, but they're so they're few and far between. Right. At that time, I life life leaf. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk. Leasing a Hyundai Veloster Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> was, like, yeah, I laugh at it, and I actually like I enjoyed that car for a minute. Sure. I should have bought the manual, but I was like, I'm going to commute a lot in it, yeah. so I don't want to... Hold and, hands with my girlfriend. Right. Yeah. That that I, I would be lying if I said that wasn't part of the decision getting out of it. I get it. Um, but, yeah, that car was fine. Yeah. But then I started working at Porsche. Yeah. That's kind of where my first real automotive buying experience starts. Changed your perspective. With the M3. Yeah, like, I was, I've always been a car guy. Like that's kind of just how dad like right. dad raised us and that way, it, right? Yeah, and but it kind of yeah changed my my perspective on what I wanted. But really, like the thing that uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was never a BMW guy. I was like one of the kids I worked with at Porsche was like a huge BMW guy, and I was like yeah, uh, yeah. I just I wasn't about it. He would always talk about them, and I just never got it. And then a client came in one day, and he 
pulled up in a 1M. Yeah. Which is like, cool. of it's all a, the M cars... It's what an M3 should be. Right. That it's, size. Yeah. It's, of all the M cars, like, I know the E46 M3 and the E39 M5, like, everybody talks about them. E30 M3. Right. But the the 1M, like, basically, some guys at the BMW factory put all these M3 parts on it yeah. in secret. Right. And then showed it to whoever, and they were like, oh, yeah, we should probably make this. Only made it for a year. It was only for a year? Only for one year, 2011. So this guy, he bought it, did European delivery on it, daily drove it. He came in, I was asking him about it, and then he cut me off like mid-sentence and was like, you want to drive it? Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I was like hiding the fact that I'm... I was anti-BMW, but I definitely wasn't pro-BMW. Sure. So I got in it. He, like, has me adjust all the mirrors and the seat and everything. He's like, you have to get, like, the full experience. He turns off, like, all the... He turns off the traction control, mm-hmm. which... Mm-hmm. I, you you yeah. could break that car loose, but... Remove the blinker stock that never <laughs> got used anyway. Right. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's the first thing you do when you get in BMW. Right. But I drove that car, and I was like, I get it. I get the whole BMW thing. And I was like, in my in the back of my head, I was like, no, no. And but I couldn't get that car out of my head. Yeah. But even so he actually just sold that car. He still had it. He so still had it. Nice. He daily drove it, just sold it like two months ago. Ninety five thousand miles on it, mm-hmm. which you never see one of those with more than forty. No, because they're they're too tiny. They're not practical to drive for most Right. People. Well and everybody like once they started going up in value. But he sold that with ninety five thousand miles on it. For almost $50,000. No way. Yeah. Man. And good investment. So I couldn't buy one of those. So I was looking for a 135i. Just a regular one. I mean, it's still like 300 horsepower. Turbocharged inline six. Like awesome car. And I'd seen a bunch of people that like make some 1M adjustments to it. You could do it like. I've never understood the cosmetic thing. Like. Yeah. Buying all the M no. bumpers and stuff. No, that's. But you could do suspension. Yeah. Because I'm more about. I like the experience. I like the experience of driving the car. I like the way you it looks. You don't want it to appear. Right. You don't want to put an M badge on your 328. I despise that. I but, um, especially now that I'm an, a BMW guy, <laughs> if you put an M badge on a BMW, uh, which I, I really am kind of a BMW guy now. I know, you're wearing Capris. We're, that's why we're doing a podcast, not a video, so nobody could see that. Give it away. Um, Shaved legs look great, though. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but, so when I was looking, I was driving, like, 135s aren't that common. No. So I was, like, driving a couple of those, and in the my search, I just had, like, manual BMWs, and that E36 M3 popped up, and I was like, this thing looks so good, and it's a sedan, so it's like a little more practical. And I yeah. went and drove it, and it was like, it was like game over. But I had the same problem as you with the, the Porsche, yeah. a 1997. I don't have all the cash there to just buy it. Right. So I like, I probably didn't tell anybody this because I was like super embarrassed about it. So I'm, this might be the first time I yes. ever tell tell somebody this. All right. But like. I called like a bunch of different banks to try and get a loan because it's old. Right. And nobody would loan me the money. I called Haggerty 
because they really? do classic car they loans. Do. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, if you can send us like your, we need like your credit info. <laughs> we want to see your, we generally like to see like your mortgage and stuff like, because. Right. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Right. You what want about my Pokemon collector? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But I was like, I was the same age as you, I think. I yeah. was, well, no, I was You're like, a little bit older. I was 20, 21. Yeah. Um, but, and somehow I went, for some reason, the actual bank that I have an account at was the last one I went to to get a loan. I think somebody had said they had a bad experience with car loan there, so I avoided it. Yeah. But then I just went to them. They ended up loaning me the full amount yeah. of the car yeah. and I got like a 3% interest rate. Oh, that's sweet. On a car from 1997. That's wild. Yeah. So it? plug it. America first. Oh, that's AF AFCU. Oh, uh, no, we're in Mountain America. In Mountain America? Oh, somebody's going to steal my. <laughs> you can have my $8 though. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I bought that car and I mean, it's like, I still, it's actually for sale right now and it still like hurts my heart because yeah. I, yeah. it was like my first car that yeah. I really bought myself. And but it's still, it's a cool car. I mean, yeah. you don't see uh, E36 M3s a ton. Especially, especially sedans. sedans. Yeah. Yeah. Or ones that aren't clapped to the max. Um, Although they are going up in value now. You're starting to see like nicer yeah. ones. Ready for, a, ready for a drift project or restoration. Right. Yeah. Do. Just don't have time for, for the project. Right. Anytime you see one, it's like... No door panels, no AC. No rear seat. Yeah. Carpet torn out. It's got a three-foot crystal shifter knob right. on top of it. Plans changed. <laughs> you can have all the original parts. Looking for a truck. Yeah. yeah. Lots of eBay parts. <laughs> right. That just fix all of the things that are wrong with it. Yeah. But that car, like, is what cemented my my BMW. And I had always, even before that, I liked the looks of the E60. And when I found out, like, what it was... I really need one yeah. of those. I think there was, so there was an E60 528 at, when I worked at the governor's office that parked Ooh. close to mine in East, uh, and it was gold with a tan you, leather interior. Oh, yeah. And like 15 inch, it was the It was worst. your Camry spec. It was. It was. In <laughs> 5 Series. The Nickdall Camry spec. It was the worst, and I think that might have just tainted my, that's yeah. like eating at a restaurant and getting food poisoning, even if it's a really good restaurant, just destroyed my Oh yeah, been there. Amplified my disdain for the E60, but I, your your M5 is fantastic. It really is. It's it's a great car. So what are you getting next? I don't know. I'm trying to decide. I'm like super torn. I thought about, uh, now that I've had those cars for a while, like I want to, I would love another E36 M3, but I want a different spec. And same thing with the M5. I would own another M5, this M5 in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. In a different spec, um, I yeah, I'm just like, I want one for sure, but I'm just not in the place right now where I want to keep it. So yeah, both of those are the M5 is going to be for sale in about a week, uh, but I've like been torn between getting something just like cheaper. Like for some reason, I'm on a Fiat 500 a Barth kick. Yeah, sure. No, I have a friend that bought a couple of them because you yeah, and they're just like. It's like a go-kart. Ah, they're so fun. Like a go-kart. And they sound good. Yep. And it's the slow car fast thing. Oh, yeah. You can drive um, it 100% at yeah. any given point. Right. Or I'm like, I could go by... Uh, I'm going to get endless ridicule from you in about five seconds when I tell you this. I really love 
an Alpha Julia. Yeah, I just can't. You can't go from BMW <laughs> to Alpha. Like, <sighs> the thing is, I so I do uh, car. I I do car drawings for fun. Right. Um, and I just did two Alphas. So I did uh, uh, GTV sixteen hundred <laughs> and um, an eighty eight Spider Quadrifolio. Oh my god! And they are like. You know, you can't technically be a car guy until you've owned an Alpha. Right. So I, I think I'm less judgmental about your Julia. Yeah. Uh, plus, one of my clients owns one, and it sounds just fantastic. Yeah. Does he have a quadrifolio? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I love it. And the funny thing is, he's an interior designer. Yeah. And he bought it because he liked the four-leaf clover badge on the side. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the You wheels, have to love it and hate people like curved. that. The wheels are all curved, and it's... <gasps> Uh, I mean, he he takes care of it, other, but it's uh, yeah. So it's cool. I, I I support your quadrifolio as long as it's not like a quadriporte, uh, you know. <laughs> that that I thought that was gonna come out of your mouth. Oh gosh. And I was gonna end it. Yeah, an early two thousands Maserati quadriporte for eight thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's cool. It's got four mismatched tires, so oh. you can buy whatever else you want. To it has to have the mismatched yeah. tires, mm-hmm. but. Got a check engine code for uh, an air sensor, O2 sensor. It's not a problem. Easy fix. Easy fix, yeah. Cheap fix. Too. Cheap fix. They're mostly Chryslers at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... And I'm like, I'm just so torn on what I want to do. I saw... Like, I'll give you an idea. So I've been in my Mercedes kick, right? Yeah. So I have my ML500. So I, I just love it. It is the funniest thing, how much I love it. Um, but I saw... I still uh, need to drive in that, by the way. I haven't ridden in it. Have but. you ever driven a tractor before? <laughs> it's a tractor with Apple CarPlay. <clears throat> so it's just it's like, like a modern G-Wagon. But you can raise and lower the headrest with a button and the mirrors yeah. uh, retract with a button. So it's the current G-Wagon. 2002 tech. Um, I saw a GLS 63 today, the big, huge uh, Mercedes. And it looks so good. 23-inch monoblocks on it. Yeah. I was afraid of it. It looked like it wanted to hurt. Yeah. So go the uh, Mercedes SUV. Right? You've got a kid. Right. You've got a kid now. You yeah. have a tiny SUV. <clears throat> It, you basically have a puffed-up Jetta. Right. It's, I, it's a lifted GTI. Okay. But it okay. is supercharged and that is 355 horsepower. Listen, fine, <laughs> fine, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to know. I wanna, I'm excited. I've been sending you car ads like, I know. like nobody's business because yeah. that's what I do. I think that me and you and Winslow probably support uh, KSL's um, classified app I literally just saw a billboard driving down the freeway yesterday that said over 1 billion site views annually, KSL cars. And I was like... 300 million. 300 million from the three of us. Yeah. Each. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. But... You're welcome, KSL. Right. Classifieds. Yeah. I'm just trying to decide what I want. Once the E36 is gone, I'll start seriously looking at what I'm going to buy next. I'm not sure... I think that'll sell quickly. I'm not sure about the M5. That M5 might be a trickier sell. Tricky. Yeah. But it is It is nice. It's in good nick. It is. It's in great shape. The guy that owned it before me owned it for 12 years, bought yeah. it from his buddy. So it's a two-owner E60 M5, which you never see. There are always like 10 owners. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he always had it serviced at BMW. It was It was a good buy. If you can get a good buy on an E60 M5, as good that as it was could it. Go. Yeah, as good as a twenty-year-old V10 German engine can go. That's how it went. Yes, exactly. I will say I will make a small plug though for this car and okay. other cars like it, like the IMS bearing thing for 
how many, how many, uh, what percentage of the 996 was played by the MS? By like, like 3%? Or it was less like than that? 5%, yeah. Right, so low. But you think of the 996, 911, and you think, oh, IMS. Right. And I think the SMG transmission things that people talk about are, are fairly legit. The rod bearing thing, like. You probably take care of that. No, if you get on YouTube yeah. and you look up <laughs> E60 M5s, Every single one of them is doing a burnout with a straight pipe bouncing off the rev limiter. And I'm like, no wonder. It's a fair point. People actually. thought, but. It's a fair point. Because, of course, once you buy a car, you like join all the Facebook groups. You have to. At least I do, uh, even if I don't interact with them. But there's a specific group on Facebook that's E60 and E60 M5 rod bearing group. That's like all they discuss. And there are like. <laughs> That is so BMW. Right? Is so People are like debating about the cost to yeah. change them out. and That sounds like a Porsche forum, actually. Yeah. Oh, I've got these rod bearings, yeah. and they're the did best. You, and... Did you talk here? Did you spec, uh, spec those bolts? Right. The... I change my oil every 500 miles. <laughs> um, but there are, I've seen at least 10 people that have not done rod bearings on their E60 M5. They some of them daily drive them. A couple of guys track it. There was a guy with, he tracked it like probably once a month and daily drove it. Other than that, mm. he's on the original rod bearings at 165,000 miles. It's pretty good. He just lets it warm up properly. Sure. Doesn't and drive it like a, like yeah. A okay. So, well, there, that's your yeah. tip. Same, like IMS bearing. Everybody's like, oh, don't buy a 996 or it's going to blow up. It's just. Yeah. The 996 is getting pretty to me too. As the 99, uh, you know, the 992, 991, 992 have gotten so freaking wide. Now. Yeah. The 996, non wide body, non I know. Just feels slender and good. And even 996s have gone up slightly in price yeah. or at least yeah. bottomed out, which I think I bought my E60 at the bottom of the. Yeah. They're going to, I think I've started seeing them on Bring Trailer. Start and to. The emerge. number one company that has ruined car values, mm -hmm. bring a trailer. Oh, absolutely. And maybe Barry Jackson a little bit. The black rock of automotive. Right. Uh, the automotive world. A 911 you could buy for $35,000 15, 10, 15 years ago is now 200000 uh, Yeah. 150000 I have also strong feelings about bring a trailer. Yeah. And the people who uh, reside in the comment section there. Right. And sadly, I still occasionally scroll through. I'm on it every single day. Yeah. Yeah, cars and bids too. That's a good one. Cars and bids is kind of uh, it, it's uh, it's a little bit better, but it's becoming bring a trailer. Yeah, it is for sure. Right. And why would you not? They're making crazy amounts of money. Yeah, hundreds of dollars a day. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> hundreds of dollars a day. <clears throat> Man, I don't well, know, but that's sweet. Yeah. Well, let, you got to let me know what you get. I'm sure I will find out what you get. You might I'm be the one that sends me what I, I will get. Send it so. To you. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's end it there. Okay. That was good times. I know that was like come and do it again. It's funny we've been talking about this forever. I know. Like, just we have these conversations all the time. It's like, I, why don't we just record them and see what happens? And, yeah, and see what happens. And I, I don't know. I like it because it's it's genuine conversation. Yeah. Like, 